Welcome back to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. My name is Dave and I'm the host for this podcast. And today Chris writes in and he asks, Dave, as you know, there's been a lot of talk about abortion in the news. Can you help me and listeners to this podcast understand why abortion is wrong, what we should do about it, and how we should minister to someone who has had an abortion? Well, Chris, um, you ask an excellent question and it's one that I have thought a lot about. And you're right, this particular topic is in the news and it it will continue to be in the news sadly so my prayer is that this uh, episode will be helpful not only to you but also to listeners few issues are as talked about as the issue of abortion or at least understood as abortion life is important and special since the lord god breathed life into adam and into the lives of every human being since abortion is murder because the lord breathes his life into every human being whom he created in his image and likeness. Abortion is also an issue of worldviews as people from across the political, religious, theological, and philosophical spectrum have divergent opinions and genuinely believe their position to be the quote-unquote right one. Now more important than opinion is the truth from the mouth of the creator who alone created, who alone gives life, and who alone sustains life. So to Today, my goal here for this show is to trace ways that Christians should speak about life and minister to those facing an abortion for the purpose of helping the church be about life from its beginning to the grave and everywhere in between. And to do this, we'll first consider what an abortion is. Secondly, we'll look at biblical evidence for the pro-life position. And third, we'll talk about why abortion is wrong. Next, we'll talk about statistics on abortion. And finally, why must Christians stand up and speak out on ethical issues. So, what is an abortion? Abortion is a termination of a pregnancy by the removal of a fetus and embryo from their uterus, resulting in or causing its death. Abortions include procedures of various kinds, as well as RU-486s and the morning after pill. Other items that cause abortions are an IUD and intro urine devices, and the result is an abortion, the killing of a conceived person. So now that we understand what uh, an abortion actually is, and it's awful, what is the biblical evidence for the pro-life position? Well, the Jews believe that an abortion of a pre-born child and exposure of a born child are both murderous sins. God created life and breathed life into Adam. Genesis 2-7 says, Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living creature. You see, God created man and woman for the purpose of procreation. Genesis 2.24 Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. The Bible makes it clear that the killing of a person created in God's image is murder. Exodus 23 says you shall not murder. The word murder here is is the translated Hebrew word ratash. And according to Strong's dictionary, it means to murder, to slay, to kill, premeditated, accidental, as avenger, slayer, intentional, and to assassinate. These words are vivid pictures. To murder, to slay, to kill, premeditated, an, an event, a slayer, intentional, to assassinate. These words perfectly describe the meaning not only of murder but of an abortion to the T. The the didact, an ancient manual for church instruction. This is the early church instruction manual. It says this, you shall not commit murder. You shall not procure abortion 
nor commit infanticide. Now, there's a difference between a child in a mother's womb and one outside of it, and yet the early church saw both as equally living people and taking the life as murderers. Why? Because they were following what the Bible says. In the Ten Commandments, you shall not murder. They took that seriously. They didn't question it. They didn't say, oh, well, that's not what it means. They said that's what it means, and that's what they taught. That all of life from the womb to the tomb and everywhere in between is special to the Lord. Charles H.H. Scobie said, Scripture uses the Greek word brephos for Elizabeth's unborn child in Luke 1, 41 and 44. Unborn Jesus in Mary's womb in Luke 2, 12. But also for the children brought to Jesus in Luke 18, 15. God in his word reveals that a a child in the womb and a child singing and dancing around in worship are equally human beings who bear the image of God. Abortion is wrong because it is the killing of an unborn child created in the image and the likeness of God. Let's talk about some statistics. We must examine the statistics on abortion. In the United States, there are 1.37 million abortions every year and approximately 3,700 every day, according to the Allen Guttmacher Institute and Planned parented family planning perspectives. 1% of all abortions occur because of rape or incest. 6% of abortions occur because of potential health problems regarding either mother or child. And 93% of all abortions occur for social reasons, i.e. the child is unwanted or inconvenient. This is again from the Allen Guttmacher Institute and Planned Parenthood's family planning perspectives. So who is having an abortion? Well, women I identifying themselves as Protestants attained 37.4 of all abortions in the United States. That's sad. Catholic women account for 31.3%. Jewish women account for 1.3%. And women with no religious affiliation obtain 30, or excuse me, 23.7% of all abortions. 18% of all abortions are performed on women who identify themselves as born again or evangelical. This from the Allen Gumacher Institute and Plan Parenthood's family planning perspectives. So, how do we help the church be about life? Well, first thing that we need to understand is that Christians must stand on ethical issues and proclaim God's word. God's word reveals his will in regards to theological, moral, and ethical issues like abortion. President Obama in his speech on the 36th anniversary of Roe versus Wade said, we are reminded that this decision not only protects women's health and reproductive freedoms, but stands for a broader principle the government should not intrude on our most private family matters. Jesus taught that Christians are to be salt and light in Matthew 5.13. The Lord created life when he breathed into Adam's nostril and breathed life into every human being since. Christians have a biblical and a moral obligation to speak out on social issues, especially issues such as life. Now, with all due respect to President Obama, I understand what he's saying, but we also need to say that abortion is murder. And God will intrude and he will deal with those who murder innocent children in the womb. Period. Actually not a period. Exclamation point. Christians are to be known as people of the book who regularly open the Bible to read, to meditate, to study, and apply what it teaches to their lives. Abortion is murder because God says so. The Lord created life when he breathed into Adam. And the creator says, creator is the one who gives life. I urge you to call your elected officials. Tell them that pro-choice is no choice at all. Know who your elected officials are. Know who 
the, your, what your candidates believe about social and ethical issues. Do not vote for candidates who do not have a biblical worldview. I know that's strong language, but just don't do it. This issue is vital. Also, there's organizations like CareNet that's doing great work with people. Some people are only think that uh, Planned Parenthood is the only option. It's not. CareNet is a nonprofit organization. They help. Uh, they help not only with. They help with all sorts of issues related to this uh, adoption. Uh, they provide screening um, and and just more. I encourage you to check that out. There's other organizations out there like that. So to prevent abortion, it is necessary that Christians stand upon God's word and fight for the unborn. Remember the truth about abortion and what it is. It's murder. I challenge you to apply what you have learned here today about the importance of a biblical worldview regarding life. And I challenge you to go out and make a difference for the cause of the unborn who are dying every day. I challenge you to speak up often and with every chance you get regarding God's plan to give life. And let me just say, adoption is wonderful. It's it's beautiful. We could talk about that for a long time, but there are, there are so many alternatives to having an abortion. Um, the next thing is ministering to those facing an, an abortion. So we've considered what an abortion is and how to speak about an abortion, we need to consider now how to minister to those who have had an abortion, along with how the church should speak about this issue. First, the church must explain to fathers and mothers the importance of life. Women contemplating an abortion do so, they do so for a variety of reasons, for money or for emotional reasons. And yet God has something to say about these reasons to us. God is the great provider who provides for those who trust him. And so aborting a child because you can't afford to care for a child, it isn't a valid reason. Having an abortion for emotional reasons because you think you won't be able to survive emotionally, it's not a valid reason. If you were emotionally strong enough to have intercourse, then guess what? You are responsible for the bearing of and the raising of your child. Now, again, there's other avenues that you can pursue, such as giving it your child up for adoption instead of murdering this innocent child. Now, we need to talk about the emotional issue. It is the elephant in the room. It is, by and large, why women choose to have an abortion. But it's also, make no mistake about it, this is also the most complex issue. People's emotions, they're they're fickle. One person might feel good about themselves one day, and the next day they may be down in the dumps. When I call those contemplating having an abortion to be responsible, I'm not dismissing how they feel, but rather trying to help you understand the seriousness of your choice. That child is in your room, mothers. That child is a precious gift from the Lord. The child in the womb has God-given talents, abilities, and gifts that God has uniquely given to your baby to bless the world. And God desires for your baby to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. God has a plan to use your baby in his world to draw people to the Lord Jesus Christ and to use them powerfully for his kingdom. And yet, sadly, very, very sadly, it it, it honestly breaks my heart. Some 60 million children in the United States, according to some statistics, have been killed. To put this in perspective, that is more than ever everyone who was killed in World War II combined. And in the case of abortion, the death counter hasn't stopped because of war. Instead, the war on babies continues by killing them in favor of a woman's right to choose. This insanity has to stop. 
When women choose to have an abortion, they earnestly believe they are making a choice that is best for themselves. Make no mistake about it. What they fail to understand is what is best for their family, which extends to the baby inside, is to bring the child to full term. This is what's so alarming about the the decision in in New York to say that a child is born, let's say, let's say they're born today. They on January 30th, they could kill the child according to New York law now. That is is egregious. Egregious. And and that's putting it mildly, the understatement of the year. That's the best way that I can say that is what I'm saying. That that's it's wrong. But back to my point. In addition to this, they fail to keep in mind the benefits of their child upon society. Since every child is unique, every child can make a difference for the kingdom of God. You see, the choice to not have a child that you've conceived is morally and ethically wrong. The child in the womb is a child created in the image and likeness of God. It is a living, breathing human being worthy of the parents and society's respect. Now, sadly, the American liberal media and those holding to a liberal political philosophy, they want Americans to support their worldview. At the heart of political liberal thought is the idea that everyone has a choice to do with their life as they see fit. And from this vantage point, everyone is right in their own eyes. Make no mistake about it. So they can make whatever choice they want. This means that someone can choose to have an abortion with no moral or ethical consequences. After all, they decided what is right, quote unquote, for them. Well, let's let's follow the train of this logic. You see, using this same logic, why do these political liberals even believe in having prisons? Why lock up those who commit crimes if they have a choice to have an abortion? Now, in a moral philosophy class at a secular school in Western Washington, I was taught that if you can use an extreme example to disprove an argument, then you can disprove the pro-life position. That was literally what the, the professor said to me and to the class, to his class. So by their own admission, those adhering to a liberal political philosophy have to admit that the pro-choice movement and viewpoint fails at a fundamental level to deal with the reality of life. People have intercourse for a reason, to enjoy the pleasure of it. And But by excusing the role of responsibility in intercourse, that is, childbirth and parenthood, we're setting a dangerous precedent for our society. And at worst, we're destroying the traditional family, which at the heart has a man and a woman and a child in it. But this gets more interesting as those adhering to a political liberal philosophy are those who have kids. And they want to tell others they have a right to choose to get rid of the kid. The lack of logic and outright hypocrisy of this world viewpoint is telling. On the one hand, they teach others to do away with life, while they have kids and families of their own. At the heart of this discussion on abortion and life is the Bible. You see, the Bible isn't a manual of opinions or a book of fairy tales. It is the truth. It speaks to us about life for this very reason. It instructs us so that we will know what God has said. Our response to what God has said must be obedience to his word. Anything else is sin. At the heart of our discussion on abortion and how to respond and minister to people who have had an abortion or those who are considering doing so is to understand that these are people just like us. They are made in the image and the likeness of God. And thus they are worthy of dignity and respect. Now let me be clear here. Whether you are politically liberal or politically conservative or somewhere in between, you need the God 
gospel. You need to see that life is not an option. It is special. It is created in the image of God and it's worthy of dignity and respect. I will say that again and again and again. All of life is special. It's created in the image of God. It's worthy of dignity and respect. But let me also say something because sometimes this is missed. If you've had an abortion and you're listening to this today, you're not, you are not beyond the gospel. Yes, make no mistake about it. You have sinned. You killed an innocent child created in the image and likeness of God. Yes, you've done what is wrong in the sight of God. You have violated his law. But you also need to understand that you deserve to be punished. But God has instead intervened on your behalf. Jesus was born in a manger as a God-man. He lived a sinless life for you and me. He was beaten and scourged. He was tried as a criminal and convicted of crimes he never committed. He died the death of a criminal in the most gruesome style the world has ever known for your sins against God. Jesus died the death of crucifixion you deserved in your place in order to make possible your redemption and reconciliation with God. And he was buried and he rose again and he is coming again. So whether you've had an abortion or you've committed any other sin, you are not, not beyond hope. And if you've counseled someone to have an abortion in the past, there is forgiveness at the cross of Christ for your sin against God. There is hope for you today in the blood of Jesus Christ. Christ isn't dead. They were not able to find his body anywhere because he was buried and he rose again on the third day. Jesus is a victorious, triumphant, and exalted Savior and King and Lord. So as we conclude our time together today, I want to urge you to examine your life. Do you say you're a Christian and do you truly support the cause of life? Do you stand on the side of life and liberty or do you stand on the side of choice? Today, the, the choice is you have a choice to make. That's a real choice. And the choice that you make today affects more than whether you will have an abortion or not. I believe that if you're a born-again child of God, God will change your heart with his word, which will change your choices about life. God promises today, if you're not a Christian, to give you a new heart with new desires. He'll take your heart of stone and he'll replace it with a new heart with new desires for himself. This is what Jesus desires for you today. He desires to make you a new creation in Christ. Won't you please stop fighting against the God who loved you more so much that he sent his son to die in your place. Yes, you might disagree with me on whether life is special and important and whether you have a choice to choose. But unless God illuminates these truths to you, makes them real to you, you will not have eyes to see nor ears to hear what I've said to you today during this podcast. And I so appreciate your question, Chris. So I want you to know, if you're pro-choice today, I am I am honestly and earnestly praying for you. And I'm praying for this country. As you listen to this podcast, that God will give you ears to hear and eyes to see so that you might come to know the precious gift of God in Jesus Christ. It is there that we begin because he is the giver of all life. See, Jesus loves you so much. He gave up his life so that you could have life. You know, lastly, I want to say this. If you're a Christian and you're going to a church that's approached the pro-choice view, I want to urge you to leave that church. I want to urge you to leave that church and here's why. Because they do not have a right understanding of God. They do not have a right understanding of the Bible. They do not have a right understanding of salvation. See, ideas, R.C. Sproul once said that ideas have consequences. And to, and to take that further, ideas have consequences because they reveal our worldview. And this is why it's so important to go to a Bible-believing church, you know, 
Um, I have heard many pastors say, not only not only will we support you, but the church family will support you. I have heard many pastors say they would themselves adopt a child and bring them in. These are these are grown men in their fifties. They would bring a child, another child, into their home to raise them. But the thing is, is what they also said is, you know, uh, the church family would would be in line before them. You know, they would put themselves before the pastor. They'd be like, no, you're you're not going before me. See, this is what this is what the church. Should do we should outdo our outdo one another in 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 love and good deeds because of the gospel we say that we believe we have the greatest news in the history of the world we have news that transforms hearts and lives it brings them from being rebels to servants of the risen christ it takes them from being enemies of god to being friends of god this is what the church should be about proclaiming the good news not just in words in particular but as james says to to not only be hearers but doers this is one area in particular where the world needs to see the church stand up and not only just proclaim that abortion is wrong, but also the solution is adoption of children, which is amazing because we as uh, we were once, you and I, when we were outside of Christ, we were enemies of God. And God, the Bible says at the right time, he saved us, not because of ourselves, not because we deserve it, but because of Christ, because Christ has come, Christ has died, Christ has been buried, and Christ has risen again, and Christ has come. Coming back. And even at this very moment, Christ is interceding on behalf of his people. He is our sympathetic high priest. So I just want to say today, if that's you, you've had an abortion, there's hope in the gospel. There are churches that would love to come alongside of you and minister to you and show you the gospel and to proclaim that to you from the word of God. And if you don't have anybody to, to share about your story with and you're listening to this today, I just want to say, please email me, dave at servantsofgrace.org. I will do everything in my power to find somebody that in your area that you can talk to. Okay. So please know that that is, that is truly my heart. My heart, my heart breaks for this issue. It causes me to weep. I I am sad and disgusted by the choice that is by the news out of New York and and other states that are going to follow. So I just want to make clear abortion is murder. It is the murder of an innocent child created in the image and likeness of God. But beyond that, it's a choice by parents to do that. There are other options out there. So I hope hope that you'll hear that. I hope that you'll hear that there are families out there that would love to have a child, that would love to adopt your child. Please do not give up on that child. Please. I plead with you. I beg you. I implore you. Please do not do it. There are so many families, so many husbands and wives that cannot have children, and they would love to adopt your child and love your child with the love of Jesus Christ and raise them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord, in biblical values, in a biblical worldview. So please, please hear me. Please, please hear me through my tears. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Ask Us Anything podcast. I know that this has been a difficult episode. It's been hard to to finish this episode, to be honest with you. But I do want to thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, I want to encourage you to share it with your friends, your family, with your church. Um, We also have lots of other series. We're going through the Sermon on the Mount um, on at Servants of Grace um, on a blog series. We have issues of Theology for Life, one of which actually covers adoption and abortion. So I encourage you to check that out and I'll, I'll probably link to that in the show notes so that you can find that. Uh, we have other podcasts. So until next week, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you and thank you again for listening.